Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. All right, hello everyone. It's Father Ken Marlovitz, uh, one of the board of directors from Dry Bones Ministries. You know, I'm just really happy to be here today. I'm actually at St. Paul's Seminary. It's one of my assignments in the diocese. I'm the associate vocation director and a formation advisor here at the seminary. Today, I have four of our seminarians with us. You know, we're celebrating National Vocational Awareness Week this week, and just want to take an opportunity to. You know, hear from these four guys, give them an opportunity to introduce themselves and also, you know, pose a couple questions to them so that, you know, all of you listening can better understand what the life of a seminary is. And so I'm kind of going to throw a question at them, ask them to introduce themselves and then give us an answer to the question. So going to kind of just randomly throw it out. They don't know what question they're going to get. So I'm going to start with Anthony, who will do a little bit more formal introduction to himself, and then he's going to give us an answer to this question. Anthony, what was the first indication that you had that God might be calling you to discern a vocation to the priesthood? Well, Father Ken, thanks so much for having me here. My name is Anthony Pampina. I'm a first-year seminarian for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Just entered this fall, and it's been a joy to be with my brothers here. So I would say the first indication that I had that God was calling me to discern the priesthood actually started when I was just still a young man in high school. I was probably a sophomore when I would be praying and this thought of priesthood would continue to pop into my head. And so I would push it out and I would say, Lord, thanks, but no thanks. That's not for me. I thought I wanted to have a girlfriend, maybe start a family, but the Lord had other plans. So really it was just by taking that time to listen and discern that I realized that the Lord was there knocking at the door. Nice. Um, so let me ask you a kind of a follow-up question. Um, it's, a, it's You can choose to answer either one of these. Um, the first one would be, uh, what advice would you have uh, to anybody who might be kind of wondering what God's, you know, calling them to in life, or perhaps, you know, if you could just take a couple minutes and answer, you know, why specifically are you choosing to discern this call at this point in time in your life? Yeah, well, to your to your first question, the advice, I would say that action is one of the best ways that we can discern just by putting what we think the Lord might be calling us to into action we begin to see, we begin to discern by that act alone if he is calling us to the next step. So we see what barriers we have to cross. We see any obstacles that we might face. And by again, taking that next step, we can see what the Lord's calling us to do. 
you know, it's a really good point because when you look at that and you go into this, you know, to take action to this, you know, prayer that's on your heart, I think it's really difficult for a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people hear it, try to ignore it, and but don't ever really engage with it. And so I'm going to throw the next question uh, out. Next question is going to be, what was the final thing that happened uh, to actually push you into action to make you to apply? And so, Brian, you're going to get this one if you can quickly introduce yourself and then tell us about that final thing that gave you the courage to actually apply to seminary. Thanks, Father Ken. My name is Brian. I'm 35. I was a civil engineer and I worked for PennDOT for 12 years before entering the seminary. And I'm in my second year here at St. Paul's. So for me, the uh, final thing was um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm one of those ones that took a long time discerning. And um, I got to the point where I felt like I needed to go on a, a silent retreat and kind of get away and and hopefully there hear the Lord uh, tell me which way I should go with this decision. And so I went down to Kentucky for a five-day silent retreat. And um, through my two years of discernment, I built up uh, a couple walls that um, were pre- really preventing me from taking the leap to enter the seminary. You know, uh, like Anthony said, desiring a uh, marriage and having a, a big Catholic family. And um, I had a great career. Um, I, had, I had a house I built. So I was very fortunate in, um, you know, in the world outside of the seminary. And um, so giving, uh, giving all that up was hard for me. So I went on my retreat and the Lord kind of just worked through all those and knocked all those walls down. And um, I got to the point where I knew I had to give seminary a chance or I would regret it for the rest of my life. So here I am. Nice. And the, um, you know, like you, I also, you know, entered seminary much later in life, uh, having a you know, house like you, having a successful career. You know, mine was in education, but also just that idea of really knowing that I would really regret not taking the opportunity to discern and really having a trust um, that the Lord was going to, you know, really have good things in store for me if I would just, you know, commit this. So I'm sure you had that same feeling of just complete trust in the Lord when you gave up your job, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, um, when I first entered the seminary, I was really nervous. Uh, I wouldn't like it here, you know, being older and um, having such a change in lifestyle. But uh, but people that know me well have said I'm more at peace and happy than I've ever been in my entire life. So it's been a it's been a good transition. Awesome. Let me give you that uh, that follow up. It's in A or B. You can answer either one. So, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about, you know, um, applying to seminary, discerning within the seminary, or you know, maybe if you want to speak more specifically, you know, to you know your own discernment right now and what's in your heart with your discernment at this point. Yeah. So, um, some advice I'd give to somebody thinking about the seminary is. Um, I, there's kind of like three S's that I always kept in mind when I was discerning. Um, introducing some sort of silence in your day, whether you start with like five, 10 minutes and try and work up to an hour of just time to give to the Lord and to just listen to him speaking in your life. Um, I've often found that the Lord speaks in whispers. <clears throat> so giving him that time to to whisper to you and tell you, you know, what he wants you to do is great. Um, secondly, 
uh, try your hardest to find a spiritual director. Spiritual director, um, I wouldn't have been able to do uh, my discernment on my own. And um, so, just find somebody you can really trust and to speak to with all your, you know, all your problems and your discernment is great. And lastly, um, frequent the sacraments. You know, try and get to mass as often as you can and um, confession as well. And really um, working through all those, just if you're on the fence, you need to make a decision. You can't kind of sit there forever. So um, give seminary, seminary a shot. You don't really have anything to lose. Um, even the guys that discern out have left here being better men than when they entered. So, so just give it a shot and uh, see, what, see what God has in store for you. I think a lot of people would be wondering, okay, if I do give seminary a shot, what exactly is that going to look like? So Josh, I'm coming to you. Uh, remember to introduce yourself, but then you know, let the people know what is the life of a seminarian here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh really like? So hello, everyone. Uh, as Father Ken says, my name is Joshua Lukash. Uh, I'm a first-year seminarian. And actually, prior to uh, entering St. Paul's, I actually uh, was in high school. So I came uh, just out of high school. So I'm the youngest out of the, the bunch of us. But don't let that discourage you, though. It's, uh, it's all good. But um, <clears throat> so I'm actually in a unique position. So uh, when, you're, when you're applying to St. Paul's, if you already have a degree, uh, you, can, uh, you enter through a, a pre-theology program where you do two years at the University, Franciscan University of Steubenville. And that's just kind of like getting your feet wet in uh, philosophy. You're not seeking a degree there. You're just kind of like uh, getting, getting familiar with philosophy before... Uh, you move on to the theologates. And also I think uh, a re- another reason why you're here is just to kind of like get formed to kind of make sure that like you're going in the right path. You, like you do frequent meetings with uh, both spiritual and uh, formation advisors and they just kind of check in. It's a bi-weekly thing. Usually we set it up so it's on one week you do your spiritual direction and then your other week you, do, you meet with your formation, formation director. And that's a really integral part here where uh, you get those meetings and it really kind of helps you through... Uh, your discerning process. But on, uh, on the flip side, if you enter without a degree, uh, such as what I'm doing, you uh, again go to the, universe, uh, the Franciscan University of Steubenville, but this time you're seeking a degree in philosophy. And so you, you take your classes. This year's a unique experience as uh, COVID is for everything. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting. We have both online and in-person classes. And uh, I, it's not deterred me. Originally, when I heard that they would both be in line, uh, online and in person, I was kind of uh, apprehensive of this, as I'm not really the best student, uh, I would think, online. But uh, the teachers really have made a ton of accommodations for all students involved, and uh, especially us, us seminarians, as we, uh, we are we're commuters. But um, li- uh, life here is uh, very uh, great. I mean, we have a very solid prayer life. Uh, we do the Liturgy of the Hours here, frequent uh, adorations, uh, eight, uh, I know a great group of my brothers do a lot of praise and worship here. Mm-hmm. So I would really uh, kind of recommend that if anyone, like if you're worried about, like you're not really going to fit in here, you needn't, not, you needn't worry about that. Everyone here has a ton of different life experiences. Like I said, I'm the youngest here and I feel like age is really not even a number here. We all just kind of mesh together. It's great. I personally really enjoy uh, my relationship I have with my brothers where it's like, even though I'm the youngest, I don't personally, I don't think they see me as the youngest or the baby brother out of all of them. I don't know. They might, they might see me, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's just really great here. I, I would encourage that um, you let any fears go that you may have like, oh, I'm worried that like, 
it's going to be so weird. Like you have to sit in silence and stare at the wall and you can't have any fun. That's not really what it's like here. Uh, but I would invite you to come and see even for one of the come and see weekends. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, you have the, the Friday night fun that you guys uh, get a chance that. to do. <laughs> um, you know, we got a gym um, in, in the, in the uh, actual residence hall. There, there's a gym. Uh, now, you don't go to uh, Franciscan University five, five days a week. You only go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What are you doing on Tuesdays and what are you doing on Thursdays? So on Tuesdays, we uh, participate in our apostolic works. So that's really uh, where we get to give back to the community and really kind of interact with the community. So again, COVID's weird this year. So we really couldn't interact in uh, a ton of ways we would like to, but we made the best out of such an interesting situation. My group uh, personally goes to the Dallas Archive Building and we, uh, we're writing sacramental records. And that's really been a blessing as we've seen uh, the history of our diocese through these uh, sacramental records. Uh, from personal experience, uh, we have a second-class relic of St. John Neumann and uh, Blessed Francis Ailer Silos as they were uh, priests in the diocese for a time. So their, uh, their signatures are in some ap- uh, for some sacramental books. And even, we have books going as far back as the 1800s. Uh, personally, I've seen a recreation of uh, sacramental books from when uh, Fort Duquesne was still here. So that was a very interesting thing to see. Uh, other groups work with some of the retired priests we have uh, on on campus. Uh, other groups, uh, when one of the main staple things that we actually do, as uh, all the groups do, but on different days of the different weeks, is uh, we, we volunteer at a uh, food pantry. And that's really uh, a blessing to work with both the people at the food pantry and interact with the community as we get to uh, kind of uh, help them and uh, really kind of be uh, witnesses to the church and what uh, we're doing in the diocese. Nice. So I made you like go much longer than the other guys. So if you don't want to do the uh, the A or B answer, you can skip it. But I'll give you the option. So if you want to pick one of these two, feel free. And if you just want me to move on to Noah, I can do that too. But what advice uh, would you give to somebody thinking about discerning or entering seminary? Or if you want to answer the question, you know, why specifically are you discerning this call at this moment in time? So some advice I would actually give is uh, in relation to my age is not really be afraid of being young. God calls uh, people that he thinks will be best for what he has in mind and God qualifies the called. So if you're kind of feeling like, oh, well, I'm young, like I don't feel like uh, God can do really much with me. I would actually say that's not really what a God has in mind. Say uh, King David was young when God called him to uh, fight in the Philistines, but uh, it's all good. I mean, Truly don't let your personal stumbling blocks and what you, like your barriers that you think God can't work with really deter you. God is calling you for a reason if he is calling you. And even if you don't see it right now, um, he has a plan and it, it was great if you just kind of let him do what he wants. Nice, thanks. Uh, you know, in, in the first answer, you were talking about how in the life of the seminary, you have you know, meetings with your formation advisor. You also have meetings with um, your spiritual director. So now as I come to you, um, we know that seminary is a place of both discernment and formation. So it sounds uh, a little uh, daunting when you hear that uh, type of a thing. So can you relate to us just you know a little bit about how that's a different approach. What you did um, before you entered into the St. Paul Seminary, and then what does it mean for you now to be in a formal house of discernment, a formal house of formation? Wow, that's a great question, Father Marlovitz. Um, I would say one of the beautiful things about being in seminary, about that that formal environment, uh, I, I've jagged about this line a few times to the, some of the guys, but Father Tom likes this phrase of entering into Nazareth, right? 
And, you know, it's a little hokey sound and a little, you know, Hallmark card-ish, but it's, it's the real deal. It's actually legit. As I was meditating on it and thinking about it, um, this is a place that is just set apart from the world. You know, we have in the world so many distractions that we have to deal with our schools our jobs uh whatever if we're in a romantic relationship something like that all these different curveballs thrown at us when you step in the seminary and into this environment it's the seclusion it's the silence it's the stillness that brian was talking about that you really need to be able to hear those whispers uh, that the lord has for you um, the Lord, you know, secrets really are usually whispered and the Lord has a lot of beautiful secrets about your life, about what he wants you to do that can really only be heard in places like this. So that's what I love about seminary. Um, it's to the point now where it's, it's like almost like a per- perpetual retreat. If I go on a retreat somewhere else, it's almost harder to pray at the retreat than it is to pray here because you have uh, this home that allows you to pray and hear the Lord's voice. Did that hit some of that? Was that, did that get some answers in there? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, you know, and so I would just say then, like, when people enter into the seminary, I know that the outside world puts a lot of expectation that, oh, you entered seminary, you're going to be a priest. Um, you know, having gone through seminary myself, I, I realize and I know that it, that's an unrealistic expectation because there is so much more discernment. So, you know, could you talk about just for a second, like that idea of entering, um, you know, we, we talked about having the courage to go ahead and take that leap of faith. But once you take that leap of faith and you're here, how do you perceive it from within the discernment process? Because I think people are looking at you going, oh, you got, you applied, you're in. Oh, When's your geez. ordination date? Yeah, that's that's one of the worst things you can say to a seminarian, I think. I'll tell you a little quick story. Well, you know, if you've ever encouraged a seminarian to become a priest, don't feel bad about yourself. It's good. They need We need encouragement. So I don't want you to just, we need, you know, we need that as well. Um, but I uh, was talking to Bishop Zubik before I officially entered. And, and I mentioned to him that I was like, Bishop, like, I don't, I'm not one of those guys, like, I'm not super confident that I'm supposed to be a priest. I honestly have no idea. Um, and I thought that was some, like, shortcoming on my part. Um, but he comforted me and he said, like, really, that's kind of the place to be. You can't discern if you've already discerned. You can't, like, this This, this would just be, it would just be a place of formation and not of discernment, which is great, but... Um, it's kind of like going to your baseball coach and being like, Hey, teach me how to play baseball. I actually already know how to play baseball. So there's actually nothing you could teach me, but this is just formality. So let's just go with the coach. You know, that would be terrible. That would be super prideful. Uh, and you would really close yourself off from learning any more about baseball for that you could from this person. So, um, yeah, just approaching it, coming in again, use that Nazareth thing, man. It came, it's becoming like the Christ child totally just humbling yourself to the point where you're just like, I don't know anything really just kind of wiping the slate and letting the Lord uh, reteach you about yourself, about other people, about who he is and his love. So that's, that's kind of how I view it from inside the walls. Yeah. And that whole concept of, you know, as Brian was talking about silence as well, Yeah, you know, part of the gift of seminary is um, you get to 
remove yourself from the the hustle and the bustle and the craziness of the world because the world has so many false definitions out there um, about what love is, about Mm -hmm. what a vocation is, what success is, and so forth. So to be able to enter into... um, you know, a formal place of discernment as really an opportunity to escape from the lies of the world and enter into the heart and the and the voice of God and to really be formed. And as Brian said, not everybody, you know, who enters seminary, you know, makes it through to ordination. But if you meet a former seminarian, most likely you're meeting a wonderful man who has really developed a beautiful relationship with Christ and that really affects the way in which he interacts with the world around them. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful gift you know to the church and to the world no no i let you slip because i didn't ask you to introduce yourself so wait didn't i introduce myself i can always just put this back to the uh (laughs) i can put this back in the beginning if i want i'll uh, leave it up to the editor i don't know who that handsome person will be but my name is noah petmeyer i am a first year pre-theologist seminarian here at uh, St. Paul's Seminary, and I previously, in my previous life, was <laughs> a uh, graduate of Duquesne University with a degree in sound recording, and now I'm here. Okay, on um, the A, B option for you for the two <laughs> questions, uh, you can choose one or the other. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about entering seminary, or if you want to just uh, briefly speak about specifically why you're discerning this call in this moment in your life? Hmm. Well, I would say, I think I'll take that, that A option. What, what advice would I give? Basically this to be in seminary is a privilege. You know, most people just don't have the opportunity to figure out who the heck they are. They don't have the space. They don't have the time. They don't have the peace to actually learn, um, in their own heart and from the Lord who they are and thus like use that as a springboard to live life to the fullest. They're kind of, I mean, a lot of us are just living lives that are formed by other people. We're not living our own life who we truly are because we don't have the time to do that. Uh, So I, I really see seminary as an opportunity and a privilege that most people do not have that the, the kind of things you can learn here about yourself, about the Lord usually take people a lifetime to learn. Um, but if you come here, it's just a fertile ground, a place where wisdom just kind of abounds and, and you just learn so much. I like, that's a huge gift, a huge privilege to me. And it's scary. It's terrifying. Um, but it's really a gift. And, uh, I wish everyone could go to seminary, to be honest. It's just, you will be, and, and everyone's already said this, you will be a better man because of this, no matter what you do, if you come in here honestly and open to the Lord's voice. So uh, I would just, man, look at it as a privilege. If you're thinking about going to seminary, don't look at it as this scary, terrifying thing that you got to I mean, it's scary and terrifying, like I said, but just to avoid, but rather look at it as an opportunity to figure out who you are in the Lord's eyes and in your own eyes. 
Great. And this, uh, you know, of course, is National Vocation Awareness Week, which actually applies to all, um, you know, vocations, diocesan priesthood, uh, but also religious brothers and sisters, you know, uh, religious communities and so forth. So everything that we talked about here, you know, as it applies to discerning within the Diocese of Pittsburgh, really um, also applies to, you know, both men and women out there who are thinking that the Lord has placed a call in their hearts. So, you know, during this time, just really saying to anybody out there who who feels that, you know, tug on their heart that the Lord is inviting them into this deep, intimate relationship with them, you know, don't be afraid to answer that call. The life in the church is uh, actually so beautiful, so beyond words. Um, the love that you have, all the promises that you hear God you know, make, they are truly fulfilled. It's, you know, incredible, incredible to be a priest for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, but I also know um, many religious order priests who absolutely are in love with their religious community, love priesthood there. And, you know, many young women <clears throat> and older women who, uh, you know, have chosen to follow Christ and religious community as well. And, you know, just such a beautiful gift to the world. I mean, I, for myself, I know that whenever I see a none in the world. I mean, it just lights me up with joy knowing that there's a, such a beautiful witness. I'm sure you guys kind of have the same um, feeling. You know, the public witness to the faith is incredible. So, you know, to all of the, uh, the listeners of Dry Bone Ministries uh, podcast, thank you for uh, tuning in with us. We greatly appreciate uh, this opportunity to come and to take this time to share with you. Please encourage seminarians uh, if you see them uh, and encourage them to keep uh, listening and discerning and uh, following God's will for them and their life encourage you know the people that you know who would be awesome priests religious brothers religious sisters to not be afraid and to move forward with that um, but also you know remember to pray for vocations vocations to the priesthood to the diaconate to the religious life but also remember also to pray for a good strength strong, healthy uh, vocations to the married life. Mm. So for me, that's all I got to say. Thank you very much. Anybody got a last comment? Father Ken, uh, we would be remiss to mention that the food here is very good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about a freshman 50. Like, oh. Father Ken, so all the guys here, we opted to answer the first question on offering advice to anybody coming into seminary. But I did want to ask you specifically to answer question B, which is at the time, what prompted you to, to discern the call to priesthood? What was sort of the driving force? What was happening spiritually? Just give us a little insight into what that time of your life was like. Mm. It's, uh, it's really a fascinating story, but... Um, because, you know, I mean, I, I was starting to fall deeper and deeper in love with the church. So I got more involved in ministry at my parish, but also um, through the Knights of Columbus and, you know, just found myself being the head of our local Knights of Columbus chapter. And I talked them into uh, signing up for an hour of Eucharistic adoration um, each week at a uh, at the local adoration chapel um, in order to pray for vocations. And at that time, working in uh, the schools, you know, I had a couple of students in my mind that, you know, I started off that year going to adoration every week, praying for them to enter into uh, the seminary, to have the courage to do so. But during that time and through other interactions, 
the love that I had for the church was just becoming overwhelming. I mean, it was the happiest time of my life was being uh, in in church at mass in adoration or talking about the faith with people. And you know, no matter what I compared, uh, you know, that feeling of love with. You know, it always triumphed, you know, and even when I would reflect upon the relationships that I had, you know, with different women throughout my life, you know, none of them ever had that same sense of joy or that same sense of permanency. Um, so, I, I mean, it was becoming clear to me that marriage was not my vocation and that the deepest love I had was, you know, Holy Mother Church. And, uh, you know, just I wanted to be loved. So I took the chance and entered seminary and do not regret it at all. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Father Ken. Such a joy to be with you this evening. Thank you. It's a podcast as Deo Grazia. All of us here at St. Paul Seminary, I'm Anthony Pampina, and God bless. St. Paul Seminary, where discernment begins. begins.